I say potato, you say potato, let's have a fight in the Thunderdome about it. This is 20 Questions Tuesday, the podcast where one guy asks another guy 20 20 questions. questions. I'm David Brunel Brutman. And I'm David Reinstrom. And with us today is our extraordinarily talented and excellent friend of longstanding, Vidya Santosh. Hi, Vidya. Hi, Vidya. Hey, guys. Vidya is another one of our school chums, right, David? Yeah. Vidya, did we meet in French class? Does that check out? We did, and we performed um, in the cozy confines of my dorm room the most brilliant rendition of Waiting for Godot that I've ever watched or experienced (laughs) or heard. It was so bad. It was so good. What are you talking about? I was so bad. You are so much better at French than I am. Was this no. in French? This was, of course, it was no, in French. We were, yeah, we were doing. Can you uh, guys do a reenactment? I don't. I don't have my Godot handy anymore. But Vidya, I still have one of your Hindi textbooks. <gasps> I've been wondering where that yeah, is. Yeah, I have that. I've been keeping it. I tried to tried to make myself learn Devanagari, and it didn't really work out. <laughs> so if you want me to mail that back to you. I can do that. Well, it's a good thing we got you on this podcast so we can send you all your books back. It's true. (laughs) I wanted a carrot. This is a turnip. How do you say that in Hindi? If I had the textbook, I could speak Hindi, but as it's not in my possession, my skills are just completely obsolete. You see what you've done, David? You speak a couple of Southern Indian languages, though, don't you? I speak Tamil, which is my mother tongue, and I can, like, vaguely understand small tidbits of a couple other ones, but... Um, none of these languages I speak very well. Uh, and Vidya, you and I, of course, were in the same major at school in undergrad. Communication yes, and we design. we were major successes. Way. Oh my goodness. So good. We, we did all the design work and we lived in that studio uh, pretty much 24-7. And it was great. So we, you could really have introduced us as roommates in a manner. Yeah, kind of. Did you ever sleep there? Um... The real answer or the protect my... Real answer. Uh, you got to keep it 100. Yes. Yeah, I totally slept there. Uh, on the... There was like... On the dirty couch. Yeah, that gross couch in the corner. <laughs> Vidya, what have you been up to of late? Besides work, weekends are when I just... I let loose, you know? Yesterday, I went to this thing my friend holds every year called Crafter Noon. That sounds adorable. It, it sounds is, super adorable. adorable. My New York City experience would not be complete without Crafternoon. And for the first time ever, she hosted it not at her apartment. I mean, it, it's, it's what it sounds like. You go, you drink mimosas, and you make a, a Valentine's, you know, with cut out And it magazine. takes place at approximately 10 in the evening, right? No, 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 no. This is like day drinking. <laughs> this is a, this is a oh. day drinking activity. Yeah. It's not huh. called Crafter Night, David. It's not called Crafternacht. Crafternacht. <laughs> Um, every year I sort of mass produce mine. See, everybody else, they like carefully curate the perfect bits of the magazines to cut out and, and so gingerly place together. Wait, I'm sorry. Are these, are these, are these Valentines or are they ransom notes? (laughs) (laughs) They straddle a delicate line. I love you. And (laughs) if you pay me $40,000, I will return your wife's liver. Something in between, David, something in between. Well, what have you been up to, David? Uh, so, a couple of weeks ago, my friends Abby and Steven took me and Jillian to a speakeasy. Cool. Uh, and there are a couple of these, like, scattered around the United States that are private clubs that you have to have a password for. 
Sure. And this one's called Room 13. And you go into this, like, this weird little stairwell with a single red, like, naked red bulb. Mm -hmm. And you descend from, like, the frosty street and you slowly walk down. And there's a little door with a sliding panel. And you knock. And a fella comes up and he says, hello, what's the password? And then you have to give that day's password. Does he say it in exactly that voice? Uh, yeah, he was very friendly. Hello, he was very chipper. what's the password? Hello. No, I mean, it's not, you would think it would be way more obnoxious than it actually is, but it turned out to be unpretentious and relatively inexpensive and so very nice. Um, and if you don't have the password, he says, I'm sorry. And he cheerfully closes it in your face. <laughs> um... Delightful. And, yeah, so you, you call ahead and you ask the bartender, hey, what's the password tonight? And then you show up uh, and they make Prohibition era cocktails and pretty much exclusively Prohibition era cocktails. So um, so you're saying this is not annoying? No, and it is somehow not annoying and not twee and not like pretentious and stupid and dishonest in the way that, not that I expected it to be in this case necessarily because I trust the taste of Abby and Steven. Like they're, they have excellent discernment, mm -hmm. but you hear about a place like that and you just sort of know in your bones what it's going to be. And I was so surprised that it was not that. There's a couple of similarly styled speakeasy places in New York that I've been meaning to go to and I have not gotten to yet. Have you gotten to any New York speakeasies, Vidya? I haven't. And I've always wondered, what if you don't speak easy? You know, what if you speak in a different way? Do they let you in? Then you are straight up fucked. <laughs> Hello, welcome to my speak stiff. Welcome to my speak awkward. I think, <laughs> see, I imagine we, speak. We serve, we serve, we serve our drinks exclusively in beveled triangular glass. It's Werner Herzog's like really uncomfortable speak stiff. <laughs> yeah, I was I was about to suggest something very similar, and I I really appreciate how, as as the concept of somebody speaking awkward became increasingly more German in my brain, <laughs> your voice became increasingly more German. Well, what in I'm my imagining, ear. um, recently I read Anya von Bremsen's uh, The Mastering the Art of Soviet Cooking which is a wonderful memoir. Huh. Uh, and that she talks for- depressing. It is, and it's also Sounds great. like a lot of potatoes. Um, you would be surprised as to- like How I many don't potatoes really there are? As to how few <laughs> potatoes there were, in fact. Because of famine, Russia! But- um, So mm -hmm. the cookbook is really short then. It's not really a cookbook. It's more uh, a, decade by, a decade by decade memoir of her mother's life in, uh, in Soviet Russia characterized by the foods that were eaten in each decade. Okay, so like a Russian gastronomical me. Sure. That actually much. sounds rather interesting. It's yeah, fascinating. It awesome. And and one of the thing one of the many things that stuck with me is the idea that at a Soviet soda fountain, it's not like you would just have a soda um, fountain. <laughs> a sova fountain. Yes, it's at Soviet fountain. You wouldn't just have a stack of a stack of of paper cups or whatever. Right, there wouldn't be like a stack of disposable cups. You would fill your glass and then walk away. Oh yes, I know what you you're know gonna about say. this. Yep, uh, I've heard of this. There's one glass. It's like a beveled, either eight or six-sided glass, and it is chained to the soda fountain like a pen at a bank. What? So, and there is also only one kind of soda. 
there's only one like flavor of syrup. It's sort of this yellow, I think it was cardamom-ish syrup. And you would take this one communal drinking glass video and push it up against the, the soda fountain and it would dispense, you know, eight ounces of soda. And then you would drink from the same glass that every other person within like a <laughs> 10 block radius of you. That is solidarity, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, it is truly communal. That's in, right. in in both spirit and in spit. So in our in our hypothetical East German Speakstiff, <laughs> all cocktails are drunk from the same communal glass, which is, that is chained, chained to the to bar. The bar. <laughs> all right, David, Let, let's, let's go make there. this. Yeah, we're going. Thank you for joining me on that journey of imagination. You know, Dave, it's awfully convenient that the two of us think so similarly. It is super convenient because neither of us. Uh, have come up with the thing that we're supposed to guess this week. This is entirely true. I believe Vidya has come up with something for us to guess. Is that not correct, <laughs> Vidya? I, I, I take that laugh to mean assent. Say, Vidya, what did you think of this week? Well, that's for you to find Damn out. Damn it! Oh, I was so and close. For me to know. That that was a you good. Can't trick me you so like my easy. you like my subterfuge? It was a good gambit. Thanks. It was a you good gambit. You almost had me, you know. <laughs> and then well, we'd have had to cancel the show. We do have uh, those. Let's go over the rules. Vidya, would you like to shout out five numbers? Oh my god, yes. Okay. Uh, begin with the first one. Okay, 27. Mm, I mean... <laughs> hey, this, she, said what I, she said what I told her. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, Point. Uno. Vidya will think of a thing. Doi. David and David will ask only yes or no questions to narrow down the nature of the thing. Thin. If we exceed 20 questions, the game and reality as we know it is over. No more than 20 questions are permitted. Cat. If we correctly guess the thing in fewer than 20 questions, David and David win the game, and we all get to live for another week. Boom. Whoever gets to the top of the aggro crag first automatically wins. What were languages two and five? So I know that one was either Spanish or Italian, three was Hindi, and four was French. Two oh, what was two and five? Was Romanian. Romanian. A language I in they which were I only know up. how to count to three. And five uh, was German. David, are you ready? I was born ready. Okay. Ask the first question, David. Vidya. I'm so nervous. Is the thing that you are thinking of alive? Yes. It is. Uh... Is it a uh, an animal? It is. Is it a mammal? No. Is it a fish? No. Is it two fish? <laughs> no, no fish. Is it a reptile? It is not a reptile. Hmm. 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 Um. Is it? Uh... So wait, it's an animal, it's not a mammal, a reptile, or a fish. Is it an amphibian? It's not. Broaden, broaden your minds. Stretch those minds of yours. Is it real? It is so... <laughs> well, that's an interesting question. For now, we're going to say yes. All right. Hmm. Does it live on the earth? It does. It does. Does it live on the earth in the present day? Well... On the earth is debatable sometimes. Hmm. Does it live in the center of the earth? Is it mole men? No. Is it demons? In the center. 
But do they live beneath the earth? A large part of the time, yes. Are they insects of some kind? I'm going to have okay. to go with no there. Okay. I should know more about these, this thing. Uh, can you eat it? Well, that's... that's Do you want to eat it? Question. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so eating it sucks. But eating like you, it would suck. I have not tried eating it. You so. could physically eat it if you well, wanted. Okay, this brings up an interesting point about me and my <laughs> eating preferences. Yes. Because I'm vegetarian, as you know. Sure. And I was raised vegetarian. But in my curiosity to know what it was that was like so forbidden... Um, throughout my life, I've dabbled and eaten lots of things. Sure. Um, starting maybe in middle school. With the I flesh would... of man? Well, yeah, long I'm, I'm getting there. Hold on. You're ruining <laughs> the story. All right. <laughs> so I've eaten all these things, and I used to like try my friend's chicken nuggets, and then I would try other things. And then I narrowed my policy to say, I really do want to be vegetarian, mm-hmm. uh, stay vegetarian. But I don't want to miss out on life experience. So I'm going to continue trying things that are meat, really, um, or poultry or what have you. But only if they're things I've never experienced before. So if I've had, you know, fried chicken before, I'm going to not have fried chicken the next time. But if it's prepared in a way that I might never have experienced that, I would eat it. And so for me, all these things, whether they be... um, you know, crabs or um, dogs or cows, they're all in the same level. Uh, Did you me. eat a crab dog cow? <laughs> no, but I would. If you said, do you want to try crab dog cow? I'd say yes. And similarly, this is what freaks a lot of people out. If you offered me human meat and I knew that it was clean and that the human wanted that meat to be eaten, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hesitate for a moment. I am with you about the human meat thing, Vidya. I'm I'm gonna go on record and say this. I'm totally with you on that. You're the first person I've ever met who does not think I'm insane. No, I think I've, you're insane. I have discussed this before with people. Yeah. I have had this discussion before, and I have made up my mind. And yeah, if if it was presented, like I'm not gonna seek it out, but if it was presented to me, and I knew that it was like totally okay on the part of the person who it came from, I would have to try it just to have the experience. Yeah. For me, eating non like vegetable foods besides like eggs and some dairy is a matter of broadening my uh, like experience of this world on this planet. I, I only have, you know, and that's why we're here is to like, experience all these things you could sometimes you're the villain sometimes you're the hero sometimes you're like the extra and and sometimes sometimes you eat crab dog pig (laughs) sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes he eat you so david i'm gonna write into my will all right that when i die a piece of my flesh is to be Uh kosherly prepared for your consumption are we talking about me or are we talking about him other david Unless you want some, well, too. Neither of us, neither of us adhere to kashrut. Do you want some, too? Uh, yeah, let's have a dinner party. Okay. I mean, I don't think there's any way that you could make human meat kosher. I think, I don't know, is it written down anywhere? We got to get somebody to write in on this. I am almost entirely <laughs> certain that the meat of human beings is, is trafe. I just can't imagine any scenario in which 
even if it's not written down. Oh, but I was using kosher in the secular sense, not in the uh, okay. Jewish. Oh, sense. not in the liturgical sense. No, yes. Anyway, going in my will for both of you. If you want to reciprocate, I mean, this is of course if I die before you die, right? You know. So if you want to reciprocate, right. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be sad about it. All right. All right. Let's do it. What part of? <laughs> I'm donating my body to science, so. Can Can I have like part of your thigh? I'm I want to be hung up in medical too. college. I'm just reserving like maybe a cubic inch for each of you. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll put another little sous vide. This is out of getting out of hand and super gross, but also fascinating. And let's all just agree to eat each other. <laughs> Plan made. The pact but is not, sealed. <laughs> but not the thing that I am thinking of because okay. my guess is that you would not want to eat it. Okay, okay, so we totally, we want to eat each other. But not like that. <laughs> okay. But we want to eat each other. Cool it. But we don't want to eat the thing that Vidya is thinking of. Right. Because it's gross. So it's not a man. It's not. Now that we've it. established that we're all monsters. <laughs> so, okay. So the thing that lives beneath the earth is neither. Uh, is it part of the animal kingdom? Yes. Okay. So We already has... established that. Well, no, we didn't. She said be broader than that. Okay, well, fine. Well, no, he didn't know if I was being scientific in my description of this thing as an animal. Oh, oh, I understand. Or just like, you know, floozy. Is it is it a vertebrate? No, it is not. Okay. Does it have an exoskeleton? No, no, not that I would think of. Is it squishy? Oh, yes. It's extremely squishy? Would you describe it as filled with ichor? Ichor? I don't know mm -hmm. what ichor is. Goo. Like hideous, uncanny blood? I don't think so. I guess what we're getting at is it's not some kind of monster. No, remember, this is a real thing. This, this is a real, real thing. thing. All right. Well, real things can be monsters. That's we just true. established that we are all monsters. <laughs> well, I don't know, David, you might be excluded. Vidya and I are. I mean, yes. we're definitely going to eat people. If you want to offer me up a little, like, Vidya croquette, a post-mortem Vidya croquette, if that is part of her will, if she says, like... Okay, you're also a monster. I request that David eats like a cubic inch of my flesh, I will say sure. So, okay, uh, it, it's is it some kind of worm? Indeed it is. Bravo, Like a giant bravo. worm? No. A regular no. size, like, earthworm. Yes, and maybe not a or Is an. it a bunch of worms? Yes. Like yes. a wriggling, seething colony of worms? Oh, I don't know that they're seething. Are they dead? Mm, not for the most part. Are they worms or are they maggots? Oh, they're worms. Okay. Don't okay. Don't, don't go there. They're not. They're they're better than maggots. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I like I, how we're making qualitative judgments now. Yeah, on, I really like the idea the relative of relative value of of species. When you know more about these worms, you'll agree with me that they're better than maggots. Oh, are they composting worms? Maybe they are. They're not, they're not specifically. Um, assigned to that task, but they probably in the course of their day do that kind of activity, sure. Okay. So they're doing worm stuff? Among other things, yes, and okay. the other things are what are more important here. Okay, so these are worms that are doing something that worms normally don't do? Yes. Okay. Can the worms talk? Yes. To each other? Yes. Are these worms in a particular place on the planet Earth? Yes. Is well, this, mm, these... that's, that, that's a tricky question, so I'm going to have to backtrack there. 
Um, Are they located beneath a specific place on this planet Earth? So here's where we're going to have to deviate from when I said that these things were real. Okay. They, I think more about their metaphysical position than their physical position. Hmm. Dave, this is going to be good. Vidya, have you ever read The Worms of Kukum Lima by Daniel Pinkwater? No, but I will now. <laughs> it's a very silly children's book about, like, giant worms that live in this volcanic valley that is just chock full of precious gems. Do you think it's available on Kindle? Because I got a, I got myself a Kindle for Christmas, and I look for every opportunity to use it. I am almost And apparently every opportunity to buzz market it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for buzz marketing. Amazon, send us some money. Don't you have a jingle for that? Ah, uh, we should. I thought you had a we buzz should. marketing jingle. Uh, I mean, if I were going to come up with one off the top of my head, it would probably just go buzz marketing. That was pretty good, David, that we just sort of anticipated. Yeah, it's uh, three bucks on Amazon for the Kindle. All right. It's very silly. It's All right. so silly. What if you read it and you hate it and you're like, 16-year-old David, this book is terrible. <laughs> I won't tell you. Okay. Well, David, 26-year-old <laughs> uh, David recommended it, so. Yeah, well, more fool me. Here's what I want to know. Mm. This is really important. Mm -hmm. Do the worms wear hats? Oh, sure they do. Of course. In this situation, definitely. Okay. Like tiny top hats? Yes. Okay. Exclusively top hats, or do they have different kinds of hats? They have different kinds of hats, but they're not wearing exclusively top hats. Are these worms from the strategy game of the same title, Worms? Like, are they engaged in terrible turn-based combat with one another? <laughs> no. And okay. especially because I don't know that game, it would be miraculous if I were thinking of Worms from that game. Wouldn't that it's be an amazing? extremely silly game where you throw exploding sheep at one another. And you <laughs> control a bunch of worms, and some of them have very silly top hats. No, no. Wait, These are I not didn't, silly top hats. I didn't know that either. Yeah. When I said, are the worms wearing hats? Like, I didn't know anything about that game either. So, so these worms have a very particular metaphysical place. Yes, and they're also engaged in a certain activity. Okay. Um, are these worms engaged in the processing of human souls in some way <laughs> like you know you know about like the amut the devourer in egyptian mythology no but tell me about amut uh when when you die and your soul uh your i think it's a three-part soul descends in parts to the duat the the underworld you have your heart and you take your heart and you place it on this scale and then ma'at the goddess of truth takes a single feather uh, from her headdress or her body, and she places it on this scale. I believe she has wings. She has wings? Yeah, she's the winged goddess of truth. And she plucks it from her wings and puts it on the scale, and if your heart is heavier than the feather of the goddess of truth, then your heart is consumed by Amit, the all-devourer, who's like this beast that sits, it's like a crocodile dog, and it sits like by her throne, and he eats your heart, and you are consigned to oblivion. So there's no possibility for redemption here? Oh, no, if your heart is the same weight as the Feather of Truth, then you get yeah, to then you're good. join the sun god on his bark. Yeah, but what if it's heavier, but but you could be redeemed? You could, you know, what if you've just had a lot of heartache in your life and it's gotten heavy with the weight of that? I think, I think the weight comes from sin and dickishness. The weight comes from being a douche. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's <laughs> like weight. hardship. Yeah, makes it, yeah. You know, douche weight. You go to the gym, you got to work off that douche weight. 
Which is funny, because the, the more you go to the gym, the more douche weight you take off. <laughs> it's a paradox. It really it is. is. Okay, so the worms are... They're doing something metaphysical? Hmm. No, uh, they, no they, their, their position is metaphysical. Oh, their yes. position is metaphysical. Wait. Does this mean that they're not I am not on, sure what that means. Yeah, does this mean that they're not on an earthly plane? Uh, in a sense, are these, yes. Are these I think it's debatable worms? whether the plane is earthly or not, but okay. it's certainly not a physical plane. So these are immaterial worms in another dimension. Another dimension is also debatable. I think some New Agey philosophers would probably use those words, but okay. th we have normal words for describing where, where these worms are. Um, okay. Space. Are they so we space need to figure worms? out where they are and what they're doing. Are they space worms? No, 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 not at all. Oh. Are they heavenly worms? No. Are they hell worms? No. Are they limbo worms? Well, first of all, they're earthworms. Whether they're earthly worms is... Th they're kind of earthly worms. I mean, they're... We just keep guessing. Okay. <laughs> this is a good get, David. Hmm. Vidya was a good get. This is nice. I appreciate a good puzzle. Yeah, I like to be a good get. Does this metaphysical space correspond to any human religion or cultural belief? No. And so th the, my use of the word metaphysical is naturally going to make you think about religion and spirituality, but you needn't. I only used it to describe a place that is not necessarily physical. Are they imagined? Yes. Bravo. Oh, okay. Are they inside the head of a particular person? They are. Aha! All right, now, now we're getting, getting somewhere. somewhere. A known, a known existing person. Um, maybe not known, but existing. I mean, somebody hmm. with a name. I don't have a name for this person. Okay. All right, I think that answers the question. Okay. Sure. All right. So it's not, it's not the writhing nest of worms inside the head of Rush Limbaugh, for example. No, correct. Because those aren't metaphysical worms. Correct. I, yeah. I believe this person exists. Zing. Thanks in a similar plane as these worms as regards my imagination. Wait, did you just inception us, Vidya? He did. I did, did. I did. This is all But let's not zoom out that far because okay. that will destroy the frame of the podcast and accordingly our own reality. Haven't we already done that? It feels like we have. Time and time again, Dave. <laughs> time and time again. Okay, so it is a non-specific person who has imagined worms. Uh, yes. Okay. But why and what's this person doing and... Are these worms functioning as a mnemonic aid for this person? <laughs> um, are you referring to never eat soggy worms? I was not. What is that? I'm intrigued. Well, Oh, oh, north, east, south, west. Bravo, bravo. Thank you. Wait. No, but that's great. <laughs> I don't know. That one seems a little too basic for a mnemonic, though. <laughs> Look, w before I understood the cardinal directions, you know, through oh. and through in my bones, I used never eat soggy worms. Okay, yeah, I guess the order of it. The order is important, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think okay. the order isn't the most important aspect of the cardinal directions. That and the ordering of the universe into passive and active principles. <laughs> All right. Uh... Okay, so you have left on your list to figure out what the worms are doing. 
yes. what the person is doing and how the worms come to be in the person's imagination. Okay. Are the worms doing something that would be normally associated with, like, a human profession? A profession, no. Okay. So they're not, like, worms that do programming or blacksmithing or uh, they, they don't dance. Are they performing any kind of human task, I think, is the Okay, yeah, that's better. Question. I think task is, a, is maybe not the right word for it, but activity. Are they having a party? Mm, it would be very morose to call this a party, but... Oh, no. Are they having a worm funeral? Yes, they are. Oh, no, poor worms. So they're wearing... They're wearing not just <laughs> little top hats, but little veils. No. And little suits with coattails. Oh, and no. driving little hertzes. Oh, so no. Wait, are, they, are they Edwardian worms? I believe you meet Edwormian. <laughs> if you wish to think of them as such, you may. Are they are they currently in the process of burying someone? Maybe not at the burial itself, but they're in the funeral is in progress, one could okay. say. Okay. Is there like a little worm standing at the front of the assembly and he keeps sniffling and yes. and and t- using his little worm tail to knock off his monocle and then rub it with like a little a little scrap of worm linen. Yes. Yes, and he has no pockets for the linen. Oh no. Is the is the thing that they are committing to the earth a fellow worm? Indeed. Does this worm represent something in the mind of the human that is imagining them? Does this worm represent something in the mind? Like, yeah. oh, like I'm these... burying my dignity. Mm. Like if these if these worms are, you know, the worms of industry, then it'd be like, oh, Charlie, the no, dream. No, that is not how this worm came to be in okay. this human's mind. Okay. Did the worm die of something specific? Oh, yes. Dropsy. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pleurisy. Something... Damn it, I was going to say pleurisy. <laughs> I had a feeling you were. That's why I said it. Tuberculosis. No, in fact, Measles. it was normalcy. The worm died of normalcy. I so, say that to, to mean that it wasn't a disease. Oh, <laughs> Something sorry. much more normal. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. See, here, I was like, oh, a chill wind blows across the podcast. <laughs> Normcore will kill us all someday. Oh, man. Did the worm live a long and happy worm life? Did somebody step on it? No, getting warmer. And Was it regarding the, the length early and bird? happiness of the life, I think yeah. one could only ask God. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> that Yes, that is a question which each man or woman or gender-neutral person must determine for themselves. Yes. Was this worm... How much of this worm is left? Um, the whole... Of, of the worm, in a sense. The whole of the worm minus a crucial, I don't know, element that makes worms and humans and other things live. Uh, so the spark of life. <laughs> yes, one could call it that, but no, something, something physical. Did it get cut in half? Yeah. No, because worms can regenerate. He wouldn't have died if he got cut in half, duh. I was trying to trap you. You outsmarted me. And this bird was not cut in half for, like, a planaria experiment by a seventh grader. No, no, because then he'd still be alive, as we've just established. God. Was he dissected and his heart was removed? No. And weighed against the feather of my. How is that normal? How is this normal in any way? (laughs) I don't know. That shit seems to happen all the time to worms. 
Okay, but stepped on was kind of the closest. Yes. Uh, but but the worm was not crushed. No. In any way. No, the worm. Let's say he he brought his own fate upon himself, as worms are wont to do. Did he like insult a wrestler? <laughs> no, no, not at all. He was a respectful worm. Did he try to eat something too big? <laughs> Like, did he try to eat, I don't know, a shoe, like a human-sized shoe? No, he just, but like, can you imagine that? And he just, like, put his little worm that? jaws around it. <laughs> and he, like, got it halfway into himself, and he just, like, just burst. Did he die from a surfeit of fucking? Guys, I mean, okay, I was going to say we've gone beyond the plane of worm normalness, but that yeah, is probably we're, we're back into for worms. <laughs> worms probably fuck like rabbits. I mean, or like worms, I guess. Yeah. Aren't worms hermaphroditic? Asexual, yes. Don't so worms kind of fuck themselves. <laughs> and this one sure did. <laughs> uh, okay, so the worm did something that a worm would normally do. Yep. That subsequently got the worm killed. Yep. And it was death by violence. No, I mean not really violent, slow and painful probably. Uh, did he crawl into somewhere where he shouldn't have been? Not into. Oh, hmm. Did he crawl out of somewhere where he was supposed to be? Yes. Uh, did the worm crawl into space? And hence the wormhole? No. Ah, that's exactly where I was Aha. going. Aha! Hey-oh! <laughs> uh, okay, so the worm was in the earth, and the worm crawled out of the earth, and something happened. Right. And to be fair, he had legit reasons for crawling out of the earth. Okay. He was really uh, just fucked. <laughs> <laughs> was he pursued by a mole? No. Wait, did we already ask if the worm got eaten? You did. And you asked if he died through eating of his own, and neither okay. is true. <laughs> so we, we've, we've got through all the variations there. Sure. Uh, was it like, um, did the worm come out because it was raining? Yes. Aha! And get run over? No, remember, he wasn't squished or dismembered oh, right. in any way. Right. Oh, he drowned. He dried out in the sun. Yes, he did. On the, on the hot pavement when the rain went away. And thus, this physical element that drove him from his home was then driven from his body. The water. And thus he perished. Oh, so ironic-like. So ironic-like. That is fairly ironic-like. Okay, so... An imaginary worm came out of the ground because it was raining, mm -hmm. and... Wait a second. I didn't say this worm was imaginary. Oh, the mourners are imaginary. Yes. Okay, but the worm is real. Yes. Because the person is holding the worm funeral and imagining that all the little worm's worm friends are coming to mourn him. The person's not really holding the worm funeral. Oh, okay. The but the person per the is witnessing a worm funeral. No, in his in, in his mind's eye, sure. The person is imagining the worm funeral. Okay, so the person sees the worm and then imagines that there is a worm funeral. Yes. Okay. You got it. Do we need to know anything more about the person or about the worm? You're very, very close. You're very close. You just need to know who this person is and and how this person. Just a, a few more details about who this is person is. Is it God? Is it a gosh darn baby? 
and, and somewhere in the middle. <laughs> and the worm, the worm is us, man. <laughs> so deep. I didn't want to fuck your minds too much, so I didn't go there. But thank you. We could, we, we could, that. but let let's keep it, let's keep it, keep it real. Okay. Okay. So it's a kid. Yeah. Exactly. Is it you as a kid? No, but wouldn't that be? What would that say about me? <laughs> you have an extremely active imagination, which I know is true it, anyway. I think it would say about you whatever this entire scenario has said just now. I think it would probably say the same thing. <laughs> uh, so maybe a proxy for me as a kid? <laughs> yeah, like like a eight-year-old version of you sees a dried-out husk of a worm and says, Oh, I, I, I feel pity for this worm. I hope that his worm family takes care of him. Not quite. But but you okay. know what? You know what? Let's go with it. It's me. Okay. So where am I? Where am I? <laughs> uh, where'd you grow up? Upstate New York? Yep. Is in... it that? Are you in, like, I don't know, Rochester? Binghamton. The driveway? Vestal. Oh, my God. Now your stalker listeners are going to find me. Oh. Or worse, my mom. No. Don't worry. We'll cut that part out. David, leave it in. Okay. <laughs> You're really close. Just like, where am I? So, on the sidewalk. There was no sidewalk where I grew up. Isn't that crazy? My parents uh, always the, feared for our lives. At the curb. Just yeah. walking around in the yeah, street. Yeah, at, at that kind of threshold, one could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so little girl wandering around like her neighborhood in upstate New York doing the balance beam act on a curb uh, the day after a big rainstorm in like early summer. Yeah, exactly. And in what position would she now be found? Uh, either balancing on one leg and about to accidentally step on this worm or crouched down examining the corpse of the dried out worm. Ding, ding, ding. Answer two. All right. So. So. What is the thing that I was thinking of? David, would you like to take the recap? Okay. So, Vidya, the thing that you were thinking of was an imaginary little girl crouched down uh, on the curb, looking at a little dried-up worm in the street the day after a rainstorm, and imagining all its little worm friends holding a little worm funeral. Yes, or the way I had it phrased in my head, reverse the worms in the mind of the person who's in my mind, who is me. My mind has been utterly blown. I I am going to be unable to function. I'm just going to retreat into myself and be comatose from now on. Instead of retreating into yourself, let's retreat over to the Scoratorium. Let's do that. Did you have you operated one of these before? I, I can figure it out. Hold on. Okay. Just give me a second. Yeah, yeah. All right. What does that? Oh, don't touch that. Oh. No, no. How about, that's okay. How about over here? What is yeah, it? no, that's good. Okay. I don't want to backseat driver mansplain. Well, too late. Yeah, it's way too late for that. Ooh, so pretty. Lots of lights. Wow, I think you actually fixed it oh. and made it better. Okay, I think it's done because it stopped. Like making that noise. little gidget up top. Yeah. We were we had trouble with that for a couple of weeks. So. I honestly have no idea what that does. It was smoking a little. Yeah, well, she fixed it. I really like the uh, the filigree that's on that paper now. Well, that's my designerly tendency. It's very elegant. You know? I think when Shit. when I run run the machine, it kind of it imbibes a little bit of me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's my why, that's why my scores come out in blocky crayon print. 
Oh my gosh. Okay, so you guys. Okay, what did we get? It seems that exactly divided between you, each of you took 10 questions, which puts us at a grand total <sighs> of 20 questions. Woo! You have just oh my goodness. sneaked in. <sighs> right down world. to the wire. That so was a close good. one. Yeah. Nice job, Dave. Put it up. High five. Guys, that was a tough one. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm well, impressed that... With you. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm impressed that you were able to uh, weave a, a little story about worms into a metaphysical loop from which there is no escape. <laughs> well, Like the terrifying eye of God. Well, <laughs> as you said at the beginning of the episode, I just, I saw you two entering into this like spiral of yourselves and I thought you needed to be brought out of it. The only way to get out of the spiral is to go into the spiral further. Right, and so through this wormhole, you've now emerged on the other side yourselves again. Amazing. Naked mewling babies, as clean as the day we were born. Wait, yeah. are you naked right now, David? <laughs> How do you record these? Well, I just got out of the shower and I hurried to get dressed so that I wouldn't have to record naked. <laughs> Come to Chicago sometime. It's like six degrees out. <laughs> Are people going to now... Am I going to be admitted somewhere now? I think you've become an influencer. I think yeah, you've just you've started some trends. you've been admitted to the 20 Questions Tuesday Hall of Fame. Work. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I, I'm honored. I must say I was very worried. I was very worried that I would either... You know, it would be a total bust because... I would like give it away right away. Like if somebody, you know, David asked almost me got right you. away what it was and I just mm -hmm. answered or something like that. <laughs> or he almost got you. Yeah. That I would come up with, I would think of a thing so unthinkable that you wouldn't think of it and then the world would whatever happen. Hey, that and nearly happened. Yeah. That did nearly happen. Yeah. You and were so lucky we, we managed to, you know, pull it out of the fire there. That's the what end. we do here, Vidya. We just surf the knife's edge. <laughs> we just dance upon a, a razor's edge of terror. You're teetering one way, then the other. Okay, so very special thanks to our guest this week, Vidya Santosh. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. It's been great. Vidya, do you have any upcoming projects, things you're working on, uh, stuff that you would like our listeners to know about, things you want to plug. It's time for plugs. Oh, I so want them to know about it, but I can scarcely talk about what I'm doing at work right now. Um, so sneaky. Okay. It's can awesome. Can you give us any, any juicy hints? I think I can tell you that it is going to be seen not so long from now at the top of One World Trade Center in the One World Observatory. Hmm. Cool. And I don't know that I can say much more, but well, be on the lookout. Color us intrigued. Okay, watch out for that, listeners. And if people want to find out more about you and the things you do, where can they go? Um, I have a desperately out-of-date website. Totally cool. Vidya makes it. Vidya makes dot IT. Um, V-I-D-Y-A, how you spell my name. So if you really want to get to know me, you're just going to have to find me. Just walk <laughs> around. Just find her geotag. Yeah, just <laughs> I, walk around until actually. you see somebody who looks like Vidya and then say hi. Hey, if you get it wrong a couple of times, maybe you'll make a new friend anyway. Maybe she'll be named Vidya. 
It is entirely possible. And then how it would you know that it possible. wasn't me? Oh, man. This episode is way too many mind fucks. <laughs> I can't deal with it. And that's how you play 20, 20 Questions, Questions Tuesday. If you like the show, please rate or review us on iTunes. Just search for 20 Questions Tuesday on the iTunes store and leave us some stars. Our theme song is Blood Meridian by Curlew, licensed under a Creative Commons 3.0 license. The music you heard under the show this week was by Lache Swing, also licensed under a Creative Commons license. If you want us to use your music, message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. For special bonus content and show notes, you can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 20QuestionsTuesday and follow us on Twitter at 20QuestionsTues. And you can keep up with everything we do at 20QuestionsTuesday.tumblr.com. Up next, stay tuned for The Shod Couple, the show about two horses who have to learn to live together. I'm David Reinstrom. And I'm David Brunel Brutman. Good night. <laughs>